Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Withrow in Nebraska. He's back with us next week. JP here in Tibia in studio with us as today's special guest. So it's glad you're with us, just like that. The second hour is here. What'd you think of hour one? I thought it was great. I, I, I told you to pick up the slack for me on the NFL um, conversations good. because... We did, I didn't have to. I, I follow it, but I don't follow it as intently as you guys do. But uh, I, I am excited about hour two more so yes. because I want to yes. stick it to Chad. Oh. oh, oh, I see why. Because big, <laughs> big Braves guy, and we have the man who's assembled that team coming on. So General Manager Alex Anthopoulos will join us in 20 minutes. I'm not even sure if Chad knows he's coming on. Um, I may just cold. I'll, I'll just text him right before with the link and be like, "You're going to be extremely jealous." Yeah. Of, <laughs> and it's more than just the fact I'm sitting next to JP here in Sevilla. You know, and see what he says. Yeah, it's uh, sorry, Chad. <laughs> in advance, hang with him. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we've got that. We'll get to one big thing on every NFL game for Week 17, uh, which, by the way, kicks off tonight here in Nashville. Thursday night football. The Cowboys in town. And plenty of fans, too. It'll be a home field advantage for Dallas. Just has that feel that always is uh, when the big uh, teams are in town against the Titans. And Josh Dobbs will make his first career start in the NFL tonight for the Titans after joining the team less than a week and a half ago or so. Take so, the points. Yeah, JP's saying take <laughs> take the 14 points. I, I say take give the 14 and take the over uh, tonight. You Let, did the opposite of what I did, which I did. is great. I did. And it's just, it, this is a team that's resting for a matchup in Week 18, the Titans. Win and get in. Win and win the AFC South. And, JP, I'm telling you, man, that their backups are so bad. Can I sell? Can let me Give me an opportunity to sell. Please. Me, get, give, me the, give me the camera. Give me the camera, please. <laughs> let me hear your pitch. Listen. You have these young, hungry backups that are trying to prove themselves tonight. It's rained earlier. It's a wet turf. Dak and the Cowboys play on a AstroTurf. It's real grass, natural, 100% USDA-approved grass out there. Guys will be slipping. They will not be used to it. I'm telling you, Josh Dobbs, University of Tennessee, he's fired up. The Tennessee Vols are back. He's feeling better about his, his life and his opportunities as a quarterback. I'm telling you. I don't know if they win, but they give them a darn fight. These young guys are coming. They're hungry. Watch. What was the worst team you ever played on? What year? Ugh, I played on all bad teams. That's great. Um, <laughs> the worst. The worst one. The worst one was probably Texas 2014. At one point, did you say, you know what? We're these backups. These guys that are trying to earn a roster spot. We're gonna we're gonna take it to them tonight. Did you ever arrive to the ballpark thinking that like just randomly? Tonight's yeah. not that night for the Tennessee Titans, yeah. trust me. Wait, listen, there's plenty of times where I've, listen, we become the villain. At some point, you're just like, you know what? I'm coming to the ballpark. We're going to spoil it. We're 50 games out of, of any contention, and I'm going to be the bad guy. Okay. I'm, I'm setting the tone, and we go out there, and you sweep a team, and you, you let them know about it. But 
listen, don't count the guys that are the backups. I hope they're listening. I hope they've gone and had a great night's sleep. I hope they're prepared with their one-inch one inch spikes because it's wet out there, boys. We don't need you slipping on the, on the grass, but the Cowboys will be slipping tonight. Wow. You watch it. Wow. Uh, Stat-stuffing opportunity goes <laughs> to the wayside for the Dallas Cowboys, according to JP. Uh, Davey, you have uh, an update on the Titans roster? Uh, Jim Wyatt just put this out, but the Titans have placed quarterback Ryan Tannehill, outside linebacker Bud Dupree, and inside linebacker Zach Cunningham all on injured reserve, effectively ending their season. And so, JP, to your point, you might get to watch Josh Dobbs a little bit more. Long shot that Tannehill was going to be coming back next week for the Week 18 matchup against the Jags, but now it looks as though it'll be between Josh Dobbs and Malik Willis uh, starting that one out. And Don't feel confident either. Yep. Hey. Tennessee Vols, I told you, the ast- the astronaut is going to make things happen today in Nashville, Tennessee. You watch. And I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'm just saying I, they're going to cover. That's all I'm so saying. I witnessed the, the worst beatdown performance individually in my life. Sideline for the Titans in Houston. Ken Wisenhunt era, 2014. Wills Vitek is the left tackle. He's like the third or fourth left tackle that year. JP, he's the worst Titans player to ever put on a Titans uniform in the history of the franchise here in Tennessee, that's bold. That's in my bold. opinion. Awful. They put him one-on-one with J.J. Watt. And this is in the middle of J.J. Watt's <laughs> four-year span where he was just he was more than dominant. He was Hall of Fame worthy off this four-year span with 69 and a half sacks all these quarterback pressures, the next closest pass rusher was like 18 or 19 sacks behind him during that same four-year span. And they left him one-on-one. Tonight, Davey, have we double-checked Micah Parsons? Is he playing, or is it, is it official one way or the other? Uh, still questionable. Okay. Micah Parsons will be one-on-one with Dennis Daly, who is not Wills Vitek bad, but he's next in line. He's the worst player on this Titans 53-man roster. And he will be trying to block Micah Parsons, who many former NFL players will tell you, just pound for pound, position for position doesn't matter. He's the best football player in the league. Get ready. Get some popcorn. If you have no other reason to watch this, watch number 11 pass rush the crap out of Joshua Dobbs. May God have mercy on Joshua Dobbs' soul tonight. Run, Josh. Because he's... oh, Tuck it and run. It's going to be rough. Don't man. stay in the pocket. Tuck it and run, Josh. Let's go. You're going to be able to get past some guys. They're going to have a little slippery turf out there. Let's. Uh, I want to get your opinion on a couple of Major League Baseball topics. All right. We've got 10 umpires set to retire. Thank God. Okay. Uh, that's the most since 1999. Is this... You say, thank God. So this is a big deal because we're about to get better no. umpiring? No, I just think that there's... I think that... There's good and bad umpires. There's always going to be good and bad umpires. Okay. That's just the way it works. I, I think a lot of these older guys have been there for way too long because being a major league umpire, first off, the union protects you like, I mean, it, they are so protected. They don't even have to answer questions after games. Uh, these guys You're right. can literally do whatever they want to do and not have to answer and not be credible to anything. But they're there until they retire, and then that allows the next group to come through. They have a spot for life, essentially. So why, and this is what I thought have always, you know, as a player, 
if I stunk, which I did at times in my career in the major leagues, I was sent down. Why doesn't an umpire have the opportunity, to, if you're not good, send them down. Don't have a, a lifetime in a tattooed uh, contract because you were a, a full-time major league umpire. How do they... What pool are they pulling this from? Is it all AAA? Yeah, AAA. Yeah. It's always it's, AAA. It's, it's, so it's the same exact. I mean, these guys okay. work from the minor leagues all the way up. So it's the same. But they're never sent down. No. But, but so what happens is, is that they have guys in AAA that are up and down. Right? right. Yeah. So, you know, they have a vacation. This guy comes up. Concussion. This guy. So they have their up and down guys. But the guys that once you're a, you get your number and you're, now you're a full-time major league umpire, until the day they retire... They're in. That's their crew. They're, well, no, they change crews, but they're in the big leagues. They're in the big leagues and until they retire. Then the next guy gets his major league number. Wow. And, 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 so, and there's, no, there's no way to actually judge. I know we see a lot of the analytics involved with this now, like who's the most accurate versus what the strike would have, ball strike would have been. But are they meticulous with how they're grading them, or is it more or less just be consistent Good or bad, be consistent for the player that's at the plate. Well, if you hear uh, an umpire speak, they'll tell you that you know they have a little bit more room than what you see on the TV, right? So their their system is going to be different than you know the system that you might see on the TV. But that's again, it, it comes down to the credibility. Even as players, we used to say, "Hey, if we did something wrong, we got fined, and it was public." And supposedly, they if they do things wrong, they have their repercussions, but it's not seen publicly. So we used to say, "Hey." Put that on there. Yeah. Because everything that we did as players always was in the public eye. You get sent down. You get reprimanded. It, we, everybody saw it. And, so, and you had to answer for it. And you, exactly. And so it's like these guys are protected. They don't have to have conversations. And listen, I love them. I think that I, I worked with them a lot. There's a lot of great ones. There's a lot of good guys out there. But there has to be a system that is not like, hey, once you're in, you're in. Don't worry about it. You can... Be good or not be as good, but you're still going to stay in. Send them down. They stink. Send them down. Can the system be automatic balls and strikes? Are you in favor of this? Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I, I think. I think that. So the, you'd rather have the human error. Yeah, you element. have to. You have to because then because then what happens is is we've already lost. Think about baseball as a as a sport for entertainment, right? You don't have the Lou Pinellas anymore. You don't have the Tommy Lasordas. There's no more Bobby coming Cox. out. Yeah, there's no more coming out yeah. and setting the world on fire and getting the boys <laughs> fired up and, and getting, you know, the, the crowd going. There's no more of that entertainment element of watching the umpire or the manager kick dirt on the umpire or throw a base or whatever it is. Now you walk out because it's 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 a replay. It walks out. As soon as they walk out, they say, hey, you can't, don't walk out. Oh, all right, you're gone. And that's it. And then there's no real conversation. I also think that for the catcher and all that stuff, those are big deals. Like you have to be able to have those conversations. If not, it, it just we're becoming all robots. I haven't thought about it that way. It, it's a lot like what we lost with Mike Leach. Whenever he passed away, he was one of a kind in how honest and forthright he was on literally anything. You'd ask him any topic, he'd give you his opinion. His it coffee, didn't matter. His didn't coffee talk, my didn't favorite. Care. Um, you know, managers. You're right. Are so so less flamboyant and it's, and. But you can't. You can't do anything. Because you take a step out and they're, they're tossing. Yeah, you're gone. 
there's no like running out there, hey, because you just stand at the front and you say, you you do this and they yeah. all right challenge the play and so okay, what do you think about the challenge for ball and strike? See, I like that though. Yeah. So I thought that was entertaining because I watched in the Arizona Fall League this year. I think it was Jason Dominguez took a strike three. It was a full count. Takes a strike three, which would have been or he's out. If it was a ball, he walks. He challenges it. They go to the video board. And they have almost like in tennis, the tracker system. It, yes, I, it's very similar. And it's and fast. And it, it's great. And then all of a sudden, boom, ball. And then everybody goes crazy, which then I think, the, since they don't have credibility, I think that's kind of embarrassing for the umpire to kind of be put on blast. Like imagine, yeah. imagine I mean, you're at Truist Park, and it's a big thing, and it's Michael Harris, and he takes ball three or, or strike three, and it was ball four. They go to the board. The crowd goes crazy because even in tennis, they start clapping, start clapping, start clapping. And then ball four, everybody goes crazy. I, I think it's a fun part of, of entertainment and adding to the, to the value. Well, and, you know, it's like the, the white hat for NFL officials. If you go to the replay booth and they get overturned, you know, there, there's a stat for that, how many crews and what the average is for a call that's reviewed getting overturned, which is there is a – you have to reach a very high threshold for a call to be overturned. But if it's that egregious, I think there is an embarrassment factor to it, right? A hundred percent. A ball and strike, like if it's within you know a fraction of the plate, I get it. But some of these calls, man, um, especially low and outside or high, up and in, you know, where you can see it's just clearly not a strike. Yeah, it's, it's and guys are ringing up because that's just where they call their strike zone. Well, that's the thing. I had I had some numbers uh, that. I was looking at earlier when people say, ah, oh, it's just one pitch, right? And, yeah. and, and that's the one thing that always bothers me is that they say it's one pitch. How about this? You have a 1-1 one, one count. Major League average, 318 with an 842 OPS. That's a, that's, that dude's making $300 million, right? If I get a 1-1 one, one count to go to 1-2, the average drops to 161 with a 414 OPS. That means that person is out of a job. If that, those numbers are terrible. So if I can steal one strike, that's the difference. And then it allows me, even if I get a ball after that, if it goes to 2-2, two, two, it's still 170, right? So they're batting a buck seventy four forty nine. But that 1-1 one, one count, if I miss it and it goes to 2-1, they're hitting three thirty seven with mm. a 9 OP, 908 OPS. That's my trout numbers. So that's where, that's where when people say, it's just one pitch, why do you guys make such a big deal? Well, that's the difference between – a guy becoming a Hall of Fame in the sense of numbers, right, if you're yep. looking at numbers, or a guy that's the worst baseball player in history. And how does that change the pitching, too? Like, you work you work a plate and you work this umpire for consecutive innings trying to get the second and third at bat to set guys up. And you know on the mound, like, if I miss this by the length of a baseball, um, you know, or if I get the call right because he's calling that a – it should be a ball, but it's a strike, I know I'm going to be – I'm going to have the guy on first anyway. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter how I pitch this guy. Well, and that's where, and that's where again, it's, it's, the game is a, is a fun game, and it's intricate, but that's why the value of catchers now are – it's higher for a catcher now to steal a strike. Steal a strike means a ball out of the zone. Framing in, it. Yeah, into the zone. It's more valuable now than, that's, than blocking or throwing because that's why you see guys with their knee down now because it's like they think – and I just, you could see with the numbers that I just said, they think that over time, the value of stealing a strike is more important if you, at the, you know, you obviously you have to look at the big picture. This is all, all stats, everything is now analytical. Big picture, 
it saves more runs. So you know how you have defensive save runs. Uh, it saves more runs than throwing out runners and blocking pitches in the dirt, and that's why it's become such a big deal. It's a, it's a great discussion, great debate, and there has to be some middle ground there uh, based on the technology available and the fact that as reluctant as many are to change the game, this this makes sure that you're, you know, these the guys at the at the plate are treated the same way as the guys on the mound. And right now, there's a big discrepancy on how those balls and strikes go based on crew to crew and not even crew to crew, uh, plate umpire yeah. night to night within the crew. Um, and there's a scouting report on all those dudes. Every I'm sure. single one, yeah, heat, heat zones and everything. Um, Alex Anthopoulos has done plenty of scouting reports, and he has absolutely crushed it with this Braves lineup as general manager. He's about to join us, and uh, he joined Braves on Bally recently and discussed the young core on the lineup. Yeah, I mean, look, there's risk to to this, right? So, I mean, you can look at our own team. Uh, we've had elite young players get hurt at the same time, right? So, Mike Soroka was right there in the Cyan conversation. Unfortunate thing that happened to him. Um, obviously Acuna, right? Just a dynamic, young, exciting superstar player, you know, or guys have down years. So there's risk to this. There's no doubt about it. When you lock yourself into this, um, and I think, you know, that's that's the trade-off, right? I mean, you're you're guaranteeing, you're committing. Um, but look, we do like the fact that guys can just worry about going out and playing. They don't have to worry about making you know certain salary get certain statistics and so on and that they know that they're, they're going to be here so there's a few components one the fan base can buy a jersey and feel pretty good about it that's not the reason you do it but certainly a nice thing to add there's continuity and stability for the organization for the lineup across the board um i know the word culture has been used a lot i know i'm not necessarily i don't necessarily love the word but I think, you know, the more continuity we have in the room, um, those are the guys that set the tone. So, um, and like you mentioned, it's a good place to play in a competitive team. So by all these guys staying, it ensures hopefully that we stay competitive, assuming one, they stay healthy and two, they continue to perform. And that's not always a given, right? As much as these guys are talented and they're great people and they work hard, no one plans plans on having a bad year. No one plans on getting hurt, but it happens. They're dealing with hum human beings. So um, it's a model that we've employed. I think it's important for us, for the parameters that we have, for the market we have, for what we have to work with. Uh, it doesn't mean that if I was a general manager in some other city, I would feel the same way. But, you know, I do believe everything you do should be team specific. And um, I, in my view of the way things are set up, this is what works for the for the Braves. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. 
So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Outkick 360 rolls on. Glad you're with us as we broadcast in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, across the Outkick network with Jay Pierre and Sibia. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Chad Withrow back with us next week. And with the guest hosts each day, we've had some special guests. And JP, you're bringing one of your favorites. Yeah, this guy is uh, the gentleman who called me up in the major leagues and also one of the most respected and uh, hardest working. Uh, guy started from literally the mailroom to to be to do what he's doing um the general manager and president of baseball operations i know that it looks like alex anthopolis are you in the frozen tundra right now are you uh driving through uh the ice age i mean (laughs) i'm in toronto your old your old stopping grounds there's a lot of snow but i'm glad you guys invited me on to talk titans yeah (laughs) They, uh, the, by the way, JP, they could use uh, the the roster management here in Nashville with the Titans based on the way uh, Alex does things. Well, I would I would imagine that Alex could handle the, that job without a problem. Um, hopefully, you're not frozen. But Alex, first off, I'm, I'm I'm very excited because the guy who's usually in this seat is a enormous Braves fan. Like, was is like crying when you win the World Series, Braves fan. And I have been rubbing it in that Alex Anthopoulos oh. is on the show today, but. By the way, congratulations. And do you have a potion that you give guys or and agents um, that you just start talking and they're just like, yes, let's, you know what? Let's sign the entire team, uh, the I mean, field. I mean, look, when you drop bags of money, it helps, right? <laughs> so um, I, I think a lot of these things, like well, a lot of the guys that we're signing, right, are far, pretty far away from free agency and, Again, GP, obviously you, you you live through it as a player. I think having guaranteed money and not having to worry about getting hurt, not having a good season, if you're getting your at-bats, if you're getting your innings, or if you're getting your saves or things like that, and just being all about team and not having to worry about that kind of stuff, I think is a real advantage. So there's times where there's been plenty of deals where it's, you know, in hindsight, probably the club would have been well-served to go year to year. Um but I do like the fact that guys could just go out and play. Um, if they're not playing or if the roles are changing, it's not because of any contractual implications or financial implications. Everything that's being done is to win games, the manager, the coaches, and so on. And um, I like the team atmosphere that that does create. Braves general manager, president of operations, Alex Anthopoulos, joins us live in Toronto in the frozen tundra, uh, courtesy of J.P. Aaron Sibio and Outkick 360. Uh, Alex, the, the the spending that we've seen this offseason, were you surprised by it first? And second, what do you think changed with the years and the money that was handed out for some of these guys? Yeah, I, I, I've been asked that before, what I think of the offseason. Obviously, there's been some huge deals. I think it's a player-specific thing. 2019, I believe, was the last time at the winter meetings there was some huge contracts being doled out. But there was elite players, Steven Strasburg, Anthony Rendon, Garrett Cole, there's some big-time guys. So you look at the guys that have gotten big contracts, Aaron Judge, historic season, one of the best parts of the game, the four shortstops that are out there. You know, so I think it's all 
it's all based on elite talent. Um, but I also think it's great that there's a lot of teams that are trying to win. Now, there's very few teams that are taking a step back or trading players away. Um, so I think knowing that, I think it's great for the game, great for fan bases. I think part of that is the expansion of the combination of those things. But I do think it's good for the game. You've got to be thrilled with the, the young core and the lineup that you have to, to long-term deals. I'm not sure how many other organizations could do what you've been able to do. I'm sure all would love to do it. Uh, but when, when you set forth with this plan to look at the long-term core of, of your baseball uh, team here, um, how did it come about? And how, how long ago, how quickly did you want to get started on locking these guys up, knowing what was on the horizon with some of the other contracts we're seeing now? I hope that they're going to, you know, it's, it's hard. How many players are consistently good every year and healthy every year? The ones that are, are the ones that end up in the Hall of Fame, right? So even some really great players, we've seen guys that are, um, cut loose, released, and we're all stars or, or MVPs and things like that. So it happens when we all know how hard the game is. So it is a leap of faith when we're guaranteeing out so many years when we still have these players for three or four or five years without doing anything. But, um, you know, I, I think it's just overall, uh, we need to be competitive year in and year out. Fans give us great support, over 3 million fans. We're just observing the sports scene there and the, and the landscape, it became apparent to me within maybe a year of being there that you need to have a chance to win every single year. And if you do, fans will come out in droves and really support the team. But I think the minute you hit a bump in the road or maybe they don't believe that you have a, a shot to contend, good, good chance they're going to tune you out. There's a lot of things to do in Atlanta. The climate's great and so on. So I think being able to sign these guys long-term, hopefully they're going to be good long-term players. But um, we do think it does give us a pretty good floor of being competitive for years to come. So if you're a fan base and you want to invest in the Braves, you know, you know that we have a chance and we're going to at least put a team on the field each year that has a chance come every spring. Well, and I will say this, uh, and, and you have to feel good about this. I live in Nashville in the offseason and there's a ton of Braves around here. But I will say after going to Truist Park, and even hearing guys like Mike Trout say that it's the best place in baseball to play right now. They'll, if you build it, they will come. I mean, how unbelievable of a selling point is that for players to understand? Like, dude, you're going to come here and it's going to be sold out every single night of raging Braves fans. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great feeling to hear. And I've heard that from a lot of players. So, and I say this all, all the time. Um, it's all the people that are around the players day to day, right? So when you take the fan base, the ballpark, the surrounding area, the batteries, a great environment, you know, it's a competitive team. So coming to the ballpark, you only have a chance to win each night is big as well. And also we spend a lot of time and it's not um, expensive to do necessarily, but finding good, good people. So your trainers try to have the best trainers, the, the staff take care of the families, the staff take care of the players. Um, I think we try to be as player friendly as we can uh, in the organization and hire the right individuals that have the mentality that want to make it a great place to be. And I think if our, our mindset is to do that from top to bottom, and when you follow that up with a good fan atmosphere, our media is good to our players, 
um, a competitive team. That's the goal, right? To make it the great place, you know, a great place in the league to play. Hopefully, the best place to play. Because ultimately, when you're trying to sign guys as free agents, you know, that should break a tie for you if it's getting close. Ninety-nine percent of the time, it's it's the years and the dollars. But when it gets close, I do think where guys want to be, how competitive it is, I think it certainly helps, and that leads to being able to win. So it's rewarding. It's certainly exciting. Um, but again, the players are the ones. It starts with them, right? They they they're great players. They put a great team on the field, they compete. Um, and I know that when we've traded for guys that have the, the trade clauses and so on, they talk about, man, we see you guys play on TV each night. It looks like a fun group, good group of guys. And I see the atmosphere and so on. So, you know, the, the challenge in my chair is to be able to try to keep it going and continue to get good players and hopefully keep the players that we do have. Alex Anthopoulos, our guest on Outkick 360, Braves general manager. It's impossible to predict the health of a, a pitching rotation in October. But as GM, you've got to plan for the unknowns in the offseason. How do you approach trying to get the best options for you now for what you have no idea is ahead of you as the season progresses, especially in the pitching rotation? Yeah, that's the one area I still worry about it now. I mean, I feel good as everyone stays healthy of who we have, but I know that there's likely, on average, 11 guys will make a start for us. You know, some of those 11, seven of those 11 might make 20 or more, you know, or something to, along those lines. But um, I know we're going to need a lot of bodies, and I worry about that. I wonder who those bodies are going to be, and you never have enough. And during the season, if things are going poorly or you need to backfill because guys are getting hurt and you're calling around, everyone's in the same boat. It's the hardest thing to acquire during the year. So um, it's probably the one thing I worry about with the team. Uh, to make sure we have enough depth. And even at this moment, we're not currently involved in anything for a starter, but if you would ask me right now um, if I can get an impactful piece, uh, one more piece of the rotation would feel really good because then I feel that much better about our depth because there's no scenario we're going to go through the season with five backs. Um, so just knowing that and really the two best seasons we've had during the season were when we had deep rotations. Sure, we won the World Series in 21, but 2019 and 2022, when 100, we won 97 games and 101 games, and they were the deep, deepest, strongest starting rotations that we've had. How do you feel with the back end of the bullpen? I know that we talked about the success of teams in the playoffs. How do you feel on the back end of the bullpen right now if it was a ninth inning, you're up one, who are you, who are you throwing into that situation? And I think, you know, Snit, the manager is going to make that call, but I think just based on experiences, Iglesias has been a closer for a long time, done a nice job. AJ, AJ Minter as well has got experience doing that, but just as a left-hander knowing that you might face, you know, the big guys from the left side in the eighth inning or the seventh inning, and you may want to, you may be able to use him in those spots. Um, you know, that's how I would guess it would go today, but again, he'll make that call. That's totally his decision to make. He's done a nice job. Uh, with what we've given him in terms of the pen. Uh, but I really do believe that over time and over years as a GM, the importance of a deep bullpen is so key, and especially over six months. You know that you played 20 games in a row, and guys are up, and they may only appear in, in two games, but they may have been up four games in a row, and you know they're not going to pitch that, that day or they're not available. So that's why you want to be at minimum six guys deep to me that could pitch late in the game. Uh, and then the last two maybe could be long guys and so on, but – um, you really need that depth. Now, come the playoffs, you've got off days and so on. So 
certainly can make make some changes there and shorten it up and have three to four guys to to pretty much get you through it. But during the year, having a deep bullpen is really important. Alex, you said something right there that really fired me up, and I know that you you take pride in this. Is letting the manager make the decision. Obviously, now in baseball, there's a lot of talk with you know it being managed from from the front office and analytics department and stuff like that. And I don't see that with you guys. I've been around you guys uh, long enough to watch it. Also, do you think that's why we're seeing older managers now have opportunities again? to come back into the game because they need a little bit more of that experience to, to mesh with the, with the numbers. Yeah. So I'd say this in terms of, look, I know there's, look, there's no doubt front offices are involved in all areas, right? That's just reality of today's game. But I can just speak for my, my, myself when it comes to the lineup card and bullpen usage and all that kind of stuff, I might get asked my opinion. You know, there's times Brian might call me and say, Hey, I'm, you know, I thought about doing this, thought about doing that. What do you think? If he's not asking me what he should do, he might just, just like I would do with a trade, I might call him and say, what do you think? I'm thinking about trading this guy. Give me your thoughts and ideas and I'll solicit opinions. He'll solicit opinions, but it's his call to make. And I think it's critical that the players know that. It's critical that it's real because players have issues. You know what, JP, you lived it. They don't like where they're hitting in the lineup. They don't like that they're playing a certain day. They're not playing a certain day. If they knock on the manager's door, the last thing I want is say, don't talk to me. Go upstairs. Go talk to Alex. He pulled, pulled, he pulled rank and told me you're not allowed to play today or you have to hit in a spot in the lineup. I'm not doing that. So if he's going to run the team, run the clubhouse, have the respect to the players, he has to have the ability to do what he feels is best. So when you start weighing all those things and, 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 um, and doing all those things, he needs to have the, the power to be able to do those things. So, um, you know, the only time I – it, it falls on my lap as if we're going to trade a guy, you know, or something from a contractual standpoint, sure that falls on my chair, but you know, once the lineup card is out, it's his call. Once the game starts, it's his call. Uh, we may talk about things, but he's making the decisions. And I've told him uh, the following as well. Once the game starts, you better do what you feel is good because I don't have to go down and sit at the media and talk to the media right after the game. They don't put me on the podium and ask me why I didn't bring in so-and-so reliever why I didn't hit for so-and-so. You have, you're the one who has to answer the questions and so on. So you better feel good about what you do. And if you want to talk about it after the fact, sure. But he has to own it. He does. That's part of the job. It's not easy. Uh, but I think it's important for our clubhouse that they know he runs the show. He makes the call. So if they have a complaint or an issue, they can go to him and he, he can do what he feels is best. Alex Anthopoulos with us uh, from the Braves. What's the private moment like, Alex, when you hang up the phone and the Sean Murphy deal is done and he's locked up through 29 with a club option there? Um, you know, it's pretty – when you're doing stuff like, like that, we're so big on not having things leak um, that it's kind of we're moving as fast as we can to make sure that our PR department's involved. Uh, there's so many people you want to communicate with first, Right. You know, I called Brian. He's not involved in that kind of stuff. And he just figured out, oh, you know what he told me? He's like, yeah, I'm not surprised. You've been signing all these <laughs> other guys. I assume you're just going to sign him. Uh, but, you know, I, I won't call him and involve him and stuff like that. Right? He doesn't get involved when it comes to contracts and money and all that kind of stuff. So I just called him and said, look, we got him signed. You're going to see this announced soon. Uh, maybe call some other people in the, or the organization. But really, other than our owner, uh, a small group of staff from a baseball operations standpoint, um, and then obviously the PR department too. So um, I think, you know, but I'd say for the, for the, the most part with all these signings, I'd say it's a relief more than anything else that, okay, we have a, a core player 
signed. Uh, we know that they're, they're going to be here. It's you feel like this is part of our plan. It's part of our core. Knowing you don't have to deal with it. You don't have to deal with salary arbitration going forward. You don't have to deal with any more negotiations. Negotiations are not fun. They take a lot of time, a lot of work. Um, you're glad when it's resolved and it leads to a deal, but it's just a lot of work to go through it. A lot of approvals and, and things like that. You're talking a lot of money, right? A lot of responsibility that comes with that. So, and you need to make sure you're talking to your trainers and staff and so on. So I'd say it's a relief more than anything else when you're able to get deals done. Do you still play the bass guitar? No, you know what? I haven't done it in a while, but I think it'd be like being on a bike or skiing. It'd probably be the same kind of deal, but, um, I have not, and it's really, I haven't really made time. You know, you always have time if you, but I have, it's crossed my mind, but at some point again, trying to get involved in it because I really did enjoy it when I did play. Yeah, come so to the, Nashville and do it. Yeah, yeah, we're right up the road. Yeah, you know what, actually, I will say this, speaking of Nashville, I didn't grow up liking country at all, and I've definitely uh, changed a little bit. Saw my first concert uh, in the offseason, Luke Bryan, which nice. was fun. It was a little bit of a, of a trip. I'd never been to a show before, just the, the boots and the hats and that kind of stuff. <laughs> but I had I had a blast, and uh, I really enjoyed it, you know, and it was great. And um, I think just being in, in the South, being in Atlanta, I'm starting to enjoy that kind of stuff a lot more. We're getting traffic like Atlanta here, too. Not near, not as bad, but close. We're, we're getting there, uh, unfortunately. Um, oh. Hey, the uh, JP mentioned in the intro uh, the mailroom. What were the hours like at that time, working in the mailroom? Yeah, so it wasn't – I basically was trying to intern with any team that I could, and they didn't have anything available in baseball operations. And the Montreal Expos at the time told me, look, you know, if you want, this is a non-paying job. You can help sort out the players' mail, the fan mail. Uh, going to the clubhouse, they gave me a pass. No structure at all. Um, I loved scouting and evaluating, so I'm like, you know what, if I get that stuff, I get my foot in the door, I'm going to do it. So I did my work during the day. I dealt with the players, and then at night when it was over – i go to the stands and try to write scouting reports. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I wrote scouting reports. I sat with the scouts and talked to them. And eventually um, I went down to intern in Florida um, and got to travel a little bit and the Latin side and just kept getting better. And really scouting is the part that I love the most. Just um, to this day, it's the thing I enjoy about the game the most, but it was definitely a way to get my foot in the door. And I always tell people just get in any way you can. And then from there, you know, you, you hope that things get done. Well, I'm happy you guys used your uh, turning signals all the way to your location because I realized you just got to where you were going. So, uh, very good job by your wife of using the impressive. Yeah, very good job. Yes. Everybody was safe. She's putting her hands over her mouth. Dying to laugh. <laughs> the well, ten and the two. This was. Uh, this is great. Yeah. I'm telling you, listen, Alex, I you know. You know see the crew? Oh, there's the rest. kids of, and everything. Yeah, nice. there's the rest of the crew. Nice. Right? Crew. Seriously. Uh, there you go. You got the wife. There, hey, great. There. Great. Yeah, I know she's, she's not going to be too happy about you putting her on. But but uh, seriously, though, uh, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to watch. And it's and it's fun to see what you've done. It's fun to see the culture that they've created. Obviously, like I'm, I'm in the middle of Braves country here in Nashville, Tennessee, and you guys are – a three-and-a-half-hour drive away, and anybody that can needs to go and watch a game because I'll tell you what, when those lights come off and the bullpen guy comes through, like the visiting team's bullpen guy comes in, oh, yeah. I'm praying for him because I'm like, dude, you're about to get <laughs> just crushed all over this field because I would be so nervous that I wouldn't know if I could throw a strike if I came into that. They turn off the lights. Everybody's got the chop going. It's, it's awesome. It's special. 
Yeah, they call it the iChop, which is pretty cool for the iPhone. It's really cool. When I came, same thing. I remember my first year with the Braves when they turned off the lights. I was like, what is this? And I was like, whoa, this is incredible to yeah. see. Alex Anthopoulos has been our awesome. guest. Uh, Alex, thank you for the time, man. Enjoy Toronto. Enjoy the snow. I can see it behind you there. And uh, oh, yeah. can't oh, wait yeah. for the season to roll back around. Get you some poutine, too, all right, while you're up there. <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> Thanks a lot for the time. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right, Alex. Well done, JP. Uh, and uh, I can see why you guys get along. He's, he's on great. It. Yeah, really cool dude. Um, coming up, crazy story. I'll say Coppin State, and you're probably like, what? Basketball? Coppin State? There's a blackmail story with Coppin State and their basketball program and a player that is, you've got to hear it to believe it. And it's one side of the story so far. But it is so crazy yeah. that we can't wait for the other <laughs> side in trying to figure out how oh. this blackmail came about and what is a ultimate catfish situation. That's next in Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How's this for a headline? Welcome back, Outkick 360. Former Coppin State basket basketball player sues assistant coach for sexual assault and blackmail. I'm clicking that. So as you, uh, <laughs> as you read through this, JP, I know you have too. Um, according to the Baltimore Brew, Lucian Brownlee, a former guard who also served as director of player development and director of basketball operations, catfished player Ivan Williams online in a series of messages. Williams believed that he had been speaking with a woman who had romantic interest in him, convincing him to send photos and racy texts to keep her attention. And although the interaction, I'm reading this from Yahoo, yeah, although the interaction it, please. started off as a romantic connection, the communication from Williams' online interest eventually became as toxic, uh, became toxic. They threatened to release the material, those texts, those photos, those pics, uh, Brett Favre style, I'm sure, that he was sending. <laughs> and out of fear of losing his scholarship, the player continued to oblige in the request. And the lawsuit is going into that. But Juan Dixon is the head coach at, at Coppin State. And, of course, he is the Juan Dixon from the, from the NBA and from Maryland, the star at Maryland. He's also named in this. And in the complaint, He's named because his failure to take action in the story, as the story unfolded, it, it forced Williams to attend practice the very next day. It was made public. Uh, craziness with this, where they, they catfished their own guy and then used the picks to blackmail him into certain things within his scholarship. That's disgusting. I, I, I was reading this, 
Now, this is one side. Oh, okay. This is one side of it. Yes. So there's always there's. Let's say that you're you're. What is it? You're uh, not guilty. You're uh, innocent until proven guilty. That's yes. But reading this is, for a lack of a better word, makes me want to throw up. Like, yes. How? How? Uh, what? Where are we at? That this is what's going on. I. It, this is bizarre. I mean, imagine being the the assistant who's receiving these pictures of your player, player yeah and then turning them back against like it is yeah and if you don't continue then i'm gonna make this public but it's like what sick person yeah yeah this is this is on the level of uh manti teo yeah. except in this case if you if you had the same type of script here it sounds like a netflix show if you had a this type of script You'd have a a coach at Notre Dame doing this to Manti Teo. It's. I need it's, more details on yeah, this. Yeah, I, I I don't need to see any what, of the pics. Yeah, I just I, need more details. Yeah, yeah I don't I definitely don't need to see any of the pictures, <laughs> but I need I need, I need more um, details. I also need guys to or anybody, not just guys or anybody in general, but stop sending pics. Like yeah, if if oh, I, and you I know, know the first one was unsolicited. Yeah, you know, like it's at the end of the day. If you're in a position to the cat, where the catfish didn't ask for it, yeah, it's not like it's like the again, just stop, stop sending the pictures, and especially if you don't know who the person is and you haven't met them in person, you haven't had any kind of facial interaction with that person, don't send rule of thumb, don't send them pictures of yourself that are uh, the word here that makes me want to. Uh, Kind of gag is was it so was it uh where is it here was it uh, salacious oh the sal yes abhorrent and salacious yeah, photos it, yeah it's like stop it it's yeah <laughs> suing an assistant basketball coach for manipulating him to sending nudes and sexually suggestive texts blackmailing him into taping a sexual encounter before leaking all the content when he refused to engage further this. There are further details and layers to this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and Danny McBride should probably do a show on this now. Well, yeah, I, 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 this got to be a show. We have to watch this on Netflix. What are they doing in Baltimore? Coppin State. I don't know. <laughs> Not messing with crabs, that's for sure. <laughs> or they may be. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Headlines next when we return on Outkick 360.